eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The news of the day and the news of the moment is the Steven Silas firing or the non- renewal of the contract or however exactly you want to put it but but obviously steven silas will not be back that is the news of the day uh we anticipated this we have been anticipating this for a while um there there are even reports out there adam that and and i I think we've heard this before but there are reports out there that there have been other moments where steven silas's job has been in jeopardy and so just the fact that you know he didn't have uh any more guarantee years left on this contract this is the end of the contract um makes it not all that surprising given how things have gone but want to get your initial reactions to to the news of, of steven silas's firing and what this exactly means for the rockets aside from the fact that they'll have a new coach uh it, it's not a surprise at all obviously we we knew this was coming we've known like you said we've known this has been coming really for months uh really you can even go back to to the start of to the start of the season when steven silas had an option on his contract for next year if the rockets were like seriously interested in having him be the head coach for the future that option would have been picked up because it's not like anything that happened this season was a surprise they knew they were not going to win basketball games and so uh for them to 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 do this today it's not this was to be expected um we'll we'll get into a lot of it i'm sure as this show goes on but now i was a little surprised that (laughs) it started to leak as the final buzzer in washington sounded i thought maybe we would get a couple hours, but uh, it, it made for kind of an awkward, just, I wasn't there, but just watching his post-game press conference uh, after the game on, on Sunday, that made for kind of a rough watch just because the people in that room knew what the deal was. I'm sure he knew that reports had already started to trickle in. Um, so it, it's unfortunate that it kind of happened that way, but we all knew it was going to happen. Well, to be fair though, also Adam, he had addressed this himself kind of head on. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like by by specifically saying, hey, I know I won't be back, but the entire tone of the pregame press conference of the last home game of the season, I believe it was last week, was basically centered around that, the idea that, hey, this is the end of the contract and we haven't really talked about me coming back, which, you know, is normally the writing on the wall. So it did seem like we had sort of this, you know, or at least that he had an idea like he wasn't it's not like we think that he was blindsided by it or anything like that the timing of it and the sort of the optics of it is is probably its own thing though and and, and i wonder how much of that is just ambition everybody knowing what's going to happen and then just wanting to kind of be in front of everything 
Yeah, but the unfortunate, I mean, it's still your job until somebody tells you it's not your job. Yeah. And I imagine that he would like to have been told by Rafael Stone or by the Fertitas before it had been leaked to basically every major news outlet in the country. So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because, okay. because also, along with the news, right, Adam, along with the news is that, like, not just leaking that he won't be back, but they'll also be meeting on Monday to Which tell him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but we're reporting and telling this to you on Sunday. You know, so it I, I I definitely get it, even though we all kind of understand that this is what the situation is. But, yeah, I, I wanted to I, I just wanted to make the point about Stephen Silas. Like, you know, I think you and I were talking about this at the studios at, at the Sports Radio 610 studios the other day. Like, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for Stephen Silas, even though I, I don't think that he. Like, I, I think it's fair to say that he underperformed in this job, but I don't know. I, like I don't I don't really know how you could have succeeded in a situation like this necessarily. Um like I don't come away from this thinking that you know Steven Silas is a bad coach. Um and, and I do acknowledge that he ended up in a very difficult and I would say different situation from the one that he signed up for, which is I think to coach James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Uh, but he also didn't really seem to maximize what they really had or or, or maybe if that's not the better way to put it, I would say maybe really capture the team's attention with like a vision and a purpose. They just so oftentimes it seemed like this was a team that played aimlessly. And I would say that when a when a team looks and plays like it's poorly coached, you don't get to absolve the coach, even if the situation is not entirely the coach's fault, you know. And, and so that's one of the hard parts about coaching. And I think that's a. That's something that Steven Silas ran in ran into here is he, even though he's going to leave here with his reputation intact and that people around the league are still going to going to respect him. I think this is one of those situations where it was just really kind of hard to succeed. And he also wasn't really the right fit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He coached the way I think he thought that you should best run an NBA team, and that's to play free-flowing, let the players kind of run the show, and you help out where you need to because that's what the NBA is. The NBA is about the players. It's not about the coaches. You can't overcoach in the NBA. This isn't college where the coaches are calling a set every single time down the floor, and they're calling a million timeouts at the end of games, Like, and they're subbing guys in and out every 30 seconds. That's not how, that's not how the NBA works. You let guys play. You let them play to their best abilities. And, and I remember when he first got the job, This was, I think this was in the preseason, of his first year, somebody asked him, like, are you the type of coach? Do you call a lot of plays or do you just let guys kind of go? And his answer to that was, if I'm calling plays, it means we're not playing the right way. It means that we're getting bogged down and I'm having to bail us out with play calls. And so that was his whole thing. If you see guys looking over towards the sideline when we're on offense, that means things aren't going well. Now, for a veteran team, that I think that works 100%. When it's James Harden running your offense, that works. I, I do think that a younger group, especially a group that really didn't have a point guard. Like you could have, you could run that type of an offense with John wall, 
But when you have a group that really doesn't have a point guard who has played the position before, you probably need to be a little bit more hands-on and you probably need to be a little bit more controlling. But I do think that he coached the way that he felt like you needed to coach. And I think that in a sense, he felt like he was setting these young guys up for success in the future by basically saying, hey, I'm taking the training wheels off, throw on a helmet and ride the bike. I think that's kind of what he aimed for. Did it work? You know, this season, did it did it turn into a good offense? No, it turned into one of the worst offenses in the league over the last couple of years. But that's the way that he went at it. And, and I think when, when you have when you get one of these jobs, you have to do it your way. You have to be true to yourself, because if you don't, if you try to be someone else, then the players see right through it. If you try to coach a different way than the way you were brought up or the way that you believe in, then you leave the job having all sorts of regrets because you did not do it your way. So I think that as Steven Silas looks back on his time as the Rockets head coach, he can say, I did it my way. It didn't work out, but you know what? I did it the way that I felt it should have been done. I have no regrets for that. If I ever get the opportunity to do it again, I would do it the exact same way. And I have a great deal of respect for that. Yeah, and I think that, or at least I, I, I want to acknowledge that, that it feels like a, a conflict here or, or, or a clash of intentions when you have a coach who has the state of philosophy or, or approach that you just described. But then within that, you know, right as you're, you're starting that, you go into it with a, an experiment at, at, at point guard. And I don't want to, this is not to disparage Kevin Porter Jr., who we have said multiple times on this podcast has been their best player this year. This is not a shot at Kevin Porter Jr. But imagine the difficulty in wanting to coach, wanting your coaching style to be free-flowing, but then you have a first-time point guard or first-time NBA point guard that is supposed to be managing plays for you or managing the offense for you like it just like those things just to me do not do not mesh they they conflict and and you know and and i, I feel like the team was reflective of that of, of not having a lot of or at least not always having a lot of direction and vision of uh, you had a coach whose approach was the way you just described it wanting the players to kind of figure things out and to, and to play things out but also a uh, you know, a team that that lacked a natural playmaking point guard and, and somebody uh, and, and not just the point guard part, but also just young players overall, like everybody out there is young and, and not knowing what to do. So uh, so I, I feel like it was a tough situation to begin with. Um, do you think 